best part of waking up is having hope in your cup. I'm Stephanie Winslow, and thank you for coming to Cup of Hope podcast. Uh, it's my privilege and honor to be with you. Thank you so much for stopping by the channel, and I know that you will find hope in your cup to be full and overflowing as you dig into the Word of God with us in uh, study and also in prayer. So grab your cup and let's fill it up with the hope that God has in store for us. Thank you for joining and enjoy the show. And I'm so grateful to be with you this morning to bring to you a message from the Word of God. Let's lift up our cups together today and ask the Lord, Lord, would you please fill us up today with the hope that you have in store for us through the power of your Word. God will fill us with hope as we sit and meditate on his word, as we soak in the stories of scripture, as we seek to understand more who he is. Um, and it's just like the multiple times throughout scriptures we're told, um, seek me and you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart or an ask, seek and knock and the door will be opened. There's this, this, desire for us to seek after God the Father, to seek after Jesus, to be in relationship with him. And as we do that, as we come to him, as we sit, whether it's in a, a church service and, and we are soaking in the word that way or on our own, in our own time, um, listening to scripture or reading scripture, listening to a sermon or a Bible study or whatever it might be, however we can ingest the word of God, uh, that word gets inside of us and it plants seeds. And over time, those seeds are watered and become fruit, will become uh, fruit in our lives that, that are able to demonstrate the character of, other, of God toward others. Um, out of our life, that, that God transforms us from the inside out, but it is his word that does that transformation. And I don't know if this has been the case for you, but for me, it's been this way that the more I get to, to know who he is, the more that I understand about how holy and how good he is, how faithful he is, the more I want to know him, the more I want to spend time with him, the more I trust him, the more I, I enjoy being with him. And it's not a, a checklist item of, oh, I've got to get my Bible time in today. It's, it's a want to and it's a get to. I, I get to spend time with God. And I think that's that in and of itself that we get to spend time with God anytime we want to just acknowledging the fact that he's here and he's around us. God is always with us. His presence is all around and we just have to to recognize, we just have to realize and reach out toward him and uh, to acknowledge that he is there. I, I do pray that you had a blessed and wonderful Easter. Um, I know that for many people, the any holiday, doesn't matter what it is, who have lost someone recently, um, or even if it's been years. So the holidays are never easy. Um, and uh, they're just different, right? They, you, you kind of move on, things f feel, you know, like you come up with new uh, things or whatever, you try to make the best of it, but it just, it, it's not the same. It's not the same and it, and it won't be the same until 
you know, even greater days ahead when we get to be reunited with those who have gone ahead of us uh, as we rejoice with them in eternity. And so I'm, I'm longing for that day personally that in the last, what, like six years, four people who have, have been the closest people to me in my life, some of the closest people um, have passed away. And, uh, and that leaves a huge gap, uh, not just for me, but for my whole family. And, uh, and so I believe that God wants to, tr to, to teach us through the, the midst of the loss and, and the midst of the trials that we are walking through. Um, and as you may know, if you have been walking with me this month and Cup of Hope and, and joining with us on these videos or on the podcast um, or reading the blogs, you know that we have been talking about this notion, this idea of running, running and, and, uh, and the opposite of that, staying. What does it look like to stay when it's easier to run away? What does it look like to stay in the midst of difficult situations and scenarios when, when it's so much easier to flee the scene? We're going to continue having that conversation this week by looking at another character in the Bible named Moses. And most of us think about Moses in terms of him being out in the wilderness for 40 years with the Israelites um, and, and you know, navigating their way through the wilderness and all the ups and downs of that and him being the leader and God using him in mighty, magnificent ways with Pharaoh and all the plagues and all that. So there's this, these great and, and mighty, powerful stories that we know about Moses. But this, the journey that we are most familiar with, that he took through the wilderness with, for 40 years with the um, Israelites was not his first journey into the wilderness. He had already spent 40 years in the wilderness running, running from Pharaoh. And Moses, in, in chapter 2 of Exodus, we meet him as a baby that... He started his life really running. Uh, he was put into a basket, put into hiding, and, and sent away because there was an edict that the firstborn male um, would be killed, or males would, baby boys would be killed. And, um, and so the, his mom put him in a basket and sent him away, and lo and behold, he was captured by um, found by Pharaoh's daughter, and he got to grow up in um, prestige. He got to grow up learning the Egyptian culture. He got to grow up um, with really everything, anything that he would have wanted or needed. And yet he still knew that there was this connection back to his Hebrew roots, his, his Israel, Israelite roots. Um, and he was curious about that. So in chapter 2 and starting in um, verse 11, we, um, we see that he is curious about these people. And so we're going to spend our, our day today talking about Exodus 2, 11 through 15. And I'm not going to read every single verse, um, but this is sort of the area that we're going to be focusing in. And so in verse 11, we see that Moses grows up. And he goes and visits the Hebrew people. And while he's there visiting the Hebrew people, and let's keep in mind the Hebrew people at this time in Egypt were, were slaves. And they were treated pretty brutally um, as 
you know, uh, working really hard, working with crazy quotas that they had to, to get out, working in the hot sun, um, and all these things. And it was a very difficult life. And Moses, when he goes and sees his people, sees an Egyptian beating one of his Hebrew people. This enrages him. Uh, he's overcome with emotion about it. And in verse 12, we see this. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. He looked around, is anybody watching me? He didn't see, he thought coast is clear. And then he, excuse me, he proceeded to, to take the Egyptian's life into his own hands and he killed that Egyptian who was beating his fellow Hebrew man. While obviously that was not appropriate, um, an act to take matters into his own hands and that caused him to, to run uh, and flee and we'll find that out later. But it it's curious to me that he saw and he was so moved by his connection to the Hebrew people at that time. Even though he had not grown up with them um, and really didn't even know much about them until this moment when he's going to visit and engaging, encountering them. And I just think there's something unique that God was stirring in his heart, even in that moment. And he took it to an extreme, but he, I believe that God planted in his heart this desire for his people, this love for his own people. Um, in verse 13, we find out that the next day, Moses goes back. He goes back to visit again the Hebrew people. And this time, though, he encounters two Hebrew men fighting. Um, one, you know, initiating the fight. They're getting their dukes up and fighting it out. And Moses is trying to stop it. He's, he's telling them, you know, Let's just cut it out, guys. You know, why are, why are we doing this? So that's what we find in verse 13. In verse 14, the man replied, Who appointed you, who appointed you, Moses, to be our judge and prince? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Can you imagine the wave of panic that washed over Moses when he heard those words come out of the Hebrew man's mouth. He thought, Moses thought the coast was clear. Moses thought no one was around. Moses thought he was on his own and he, he did a righteous act by taking care of an Egyptian who was beating one of his people and he thought no one would know. And here he is now trying to intervene into a, 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 an argument between two men, grown men, uh, and, you know, try to create peace between the two of them. And they call him out. They call him out and say, are you going to kill us like you killed the Egyptian man yesterday? Moses was afraid, thinking, everyone knows what I did. You see the swing in his thinking that he thought no one saw him and now everyone sees him and knows from no one to everything. I think that this stood out to me so much because this is 
I think one of those tools that Satan uses so often in in my mind is these extreme thinkings. It's it's either all or nothing. Like I, I have a really hard time living in the 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 meaty middle and the the well balanced middle. It's it's often in my mind either all or nothing, and I'm I live my life that way. That if I'm saying yes to something, I'm all in and and pursuing it had you know full force or or nothing and it's it's hard for me to to find that middle place um and live there my thinking is much the same way it's it's either all or nothing and i find moses in that same predicament where he he thinks no one saw me and now it's everyone saw me and um sure enough pharaoh heard and this is verse 15 sure enough pharaoh heard what happened and tried to kill Moses. So Pharaoh found out that Moses had killed, and at this, we also know that Pharaoh was his um, grandpa, basically, right? His Pharaoh's daughter had taken Moses in and raised him as her own. So this is his grandson that he's talking about, that he is now wanting to, to kill. Um, and Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian. And we go on as you read the story of Moses, you find out he finds a wife and he ends up serving his father-in-law there and hiding for 40 years, uh, around 40 years from Pharaoh. And he has great um, growth during this time in the wilderness. But what I want to talk specifically about today is this notion of outrunning sin. Outrunning sin that... Moses thought, one, like taking that look around, thinking, well, well, as long as nobody's watching me, as long as nobody sees what's done in, you know, the, and how often do we think that? That is, as long as nobody else finds out about what I'm doing, my, my closet behavior, my, um, what I'm doing behind closed doors, what's just happening in our family. And then we, and, and it can be as, as innocent as, our, uh, how we treat our, our own family, right? That we can go out into the world and put on this bright, cheery, joyful face and then we step into our home and we treat our family like um, just rudely and, and we don't serve them well and, and we're just angry and you know, have a raging temper or whatever it might look like, but then stepping out into the world, we're like a totally different person. It's it's living dichotomously. It's living one way inside of our home and one way outside of our home. And I believe that this is an extreme example of that where if, um, Moses, he is he's trying to do what is he thinks is right in the moment. Um, and he is wanting to protect these his Hebrew people. He's enraged. He has his emotion come up. Um, and in order to pre- protect and preserve himself, he runs. He flees. He he, you know, and he's he's trying to outrun his mistake. He's trying to outrun the sin that he committed. He's trying to outrun this murder that he committed for fear of his own life. What's beautiful about our stories, about yours and mine, and about Moses' story, is that God doesn't leave us there in the mess. That Moses is encountered 
uh, by God, God meets Moses in his wilderness experience. He meets him in the first wilderness experience and, and shapes and molds him and calls him to be his, what's interesting is our judge and prince. As the, the man asked, are you our judge and prince? It's almost as if this man in verse 14 is foretelling what is to come. And here is Moses, he's feeling this propensity to step into a calling that's kind of this already not yet thing that maybe Moses even in this moment felt like, I'm connected to these people. I'm, you know, somehow I've got to get in here. And and who knows if he, he felt a, a tendency to lead them. But it's interesting to me that this man in verse 14 says, who are you? Who appointed you to be judge and prince? And lo and behold, Moses does indeed become their judge and prince of sorts as he is leading them into the wilderness. He is the, the one who is their, their um, the, the one who is guiding and directing them and being that mouthpiece of God to them. And I just think that as we look at this, these verses from Exodus 2, realizing the story of Moses started his life running. Uh, and it wasn't in this case, when, in the, when he was born, he wasn't running from uh, a sin that he committed. It, he was put in a basket to keep hidden and keep, keep safe. And then he was running at this time away from Pharaoh in order to be safe. And that running is, is this propensity to self-protect, to, to save our own skin, to save our own life, this, this propensity to, to self-protect and keep us out of harm's way. Um, and I think at the end of the day, uh, I feel like I am rambling now, and I just want to get down to the, the, the main point of this, is that we cannot outrun sin. We cannot outrun what the the mistake that we have made in the past, and there will be consequence for for what we have done. But there is also in the balance of that grace, and God uses all of this mess that we have created. He uses it. He will take it and allow it to mold us and shape us to even. And this is going to sound crazy weird but we to allow us to be relatable to other people because of the mistakes that we have made no he doesn't desire for us to sin no he doesn't say you know give us want to give us the the a blank slate and say yeah go do whatever you want to do and you know no harm no foul i'll forgive you it's it's not that it's saying that i don't want you to walk down this path because I know it's going to cause you harm, Stephanie. I know that if you choose to live your life according to the ways of the world, according to the ways of of your sin nature, then you will face hard things. You will face destruction. You will face heartache that isn't necessary. Heartache that isn't, uh, isn't, what I'm, I, I want for you. I don't, it's not what's best for you. So trust God to walk us through those places and what I do know for sure is that while he is absolutely not advocating for us to, to do things like murder this Egyptian man as Moses did, I do know that God will use every ounce of our mistakes and he will use them to mold us, to shape us, to help us to, to bring humility to our hearts, to allow us to be in relationship with him. He will, he will use all of our mistakes as 
even in our running. We cannot outrun the sin. We can't out, outrun um, the, the consequence of the choices that we have made. They will catch up with us at some point in our lives. But when, when they do, when we, are, when we are met face to face with those sins, when we recognize them, we can confess them and bring them before God. And he will indeed change those mistakes, use those mistakes to mold us and shape us, to give us a new perspective, to help us um, in our walk and to come to know him even at a deeper level. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I thank you so much for the story of Moses. I thank you for all of the stories of the men and women that we have read in the scriptures who uh, just remind us of our own propensity to run, our own propensity to flee the scene, our own propensity to to chase um, something outside of what you would desire for us, Father, that that we want to self-protect and and um, hide, that you know, we want to hide in the darkness. And we think that as long as we do something that's behind closed doors or when no one else is watching, it doesn't matter, Father. But just like we see with Moses' story, we know that you see all things. And um, what is done in the darkness, you will bring into the light, Lord. You will expose all that is done in the darkness. And we cannot outrun the sin in our lives, God. But what I am grateful for, Father, I've seen in my own life, I see in the story of Moses as we continue to read on in Exodus, that you use all of these um, difficult situations. You use our, our sin uh, in our life to, to mold us and shape us into the people that we need that you need us to be, to, to carry out the plans and purposes you have for us. When we choose to surrender our lives before you, when we choose to come to you in surrender and submission, to lay down uh, and ask for forgiveness before you, Father God, and then you can take and use those things in our life for our good and for your glory, Father. I thank you that you have resurrection power, which means that you have the power to take a, a, a worn out, dead, uh, tarnished um, stone heart like mine was and put flesh on it, Lord. You have the ability to, to raise up an entire uh, valley of dry bones, an army of dry bones. You put flesh on them, Lord. You brought breathe the, the breath of life back into these bones, Lord, I know that you can do that for our hearts that have grown callous, the hearts of ours that have thought that we need to, to, to take control over this life, Lord, and have put you on the back burner, Father God. I pray that you would, to, that you would just break wide the stone that's covered our hearts and that you would expose the flesh that we get to be in relationship with you, Father God. I thank you for all these things and may you receive the glory both now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, thank you for being with me today on Cup of Hope. Be blessed, be well, and I will see you back here on Wednesday as we continue talking about um, running, running, uh, running away, running from God and, and how we can not do that anymore. Be blessed. Bye-bye. Blessings to you, Cup of Hope family. I hope to see you tomorrow as we join back together on Cup of Hope. 
If you're in need of more hope or more resources, you're looking for something to read or dig into uh, to find out more about God, you can go to my website, stephaniewinslow.com, stephaniewinslow.com, and find more helpful resources there. Blessings, Cup of Hope family, and we'll see you tomorrow.